Hello, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. It's been a while. Steve's here. Steve, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I was at the uh, Wyoming Antelope Club this afternoon, uh, shooting a little five to go with four guns. You know, I've uh, I've ventured into the optic sight revolver, so uh, gonna need some uh, gonna need a lot of range time trying to bring that uh, that uh, that gun into the foray of of trying to get it really good. How about yourself? You done any shooting uh, lately? Man, you know, we had the Georgia State Steel Challenge match that kind of kicked off the uh, 2019 shooting season. And then last weekend, or this past weekend, shot the uh, South Carolina. Oh, let me back up. The Steel Target Paint South Carolina State Steel Challenge match. And so that was was a great time. But there's a lot of matches coming up, Jeff. We're, We're right in the throes of it all. Absolutely. Well, you know that uh, that Georgia match kicked off the season. And uh, let's talk about that for a second. You know, uh, last year um, we shot in um, what for me was subarctic weather. Uh, (laughs) It was, I think, 34 degrees when we uh, when we started shooting on uh, on Friday. This year they moved it uh, a little later in the season. I think that was a really good choice. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I was talking with Glenn Weber. He's the match director. He pushed it out a month um, due to the Super Bowl being in town in, in February. So thank goodness that happened. So I've petitioned him hard. I've uh, started buying him gifts and see if we can move it to <laughs> March every year because, whoo, man, the last couple of years when I shot the Georgia match, no, nah, it's like 38 degrees in the shade and, uh, man, Sometimes it gets up in the high 50s in the afternoon. But this past, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we shot it, it was uh, a pretty pleasant experience. So I really, I, really I, enjoyed it. I think I started every day with uh, with a sweatshirt on. And, and by about, I don't know, fourth stage, I took my sweatshirt off. And then the clouds would come in and I'd put my sweatshirt back on. But, you know, we, we weren't in uh, long sleeve uh, parkas, uh, hats. And, and gloves like we were last year. So hopefully Glenn will uh, uh, take all the uh, encouragement you've given him and, uh, and keep him Hey, we need to post his address so maybe people start sending him stuff. Maybe not unicorns. But <laughs> something that he like would like. <laughs> his number is 555. Uh, please give Glenn a call. So, well, you had a pretty good showing at Georgia, but uh, I want you to share something with the people um, that we don't like to hear, but uh, happened to you. And um, you had a gun go down, didn't you? Wow, Jeff, I'm telling you what, you know, despite all the planning and preparation and testing and, you know, to make sure all your gear is correct and all, you know, just ready to rock and roll. and, And what I've done is, I typically don't break down my guns right before the night of a big match. I, I try to shoot them a little bit and to make sure that everything's fine. And then I got to, I think it was the morning session on, on Saturday, got to the first stage and my semi-automatic gun. Yeah. It turned into a bold action gun. And so I was like, Oh my goodness. And it was one of my favorite divisions to shoot. And I thought for sure I could have uh, taken home another, Georgia State Steel Challenge Championship with it, and yeah, what are you gonna do? I kind of fought through it for the first first two stages, took it down to the to the safe table, and 
and walk through all the, the basic stuff that I know to do and I still couldn't find it. But you know what? The good news is I've got it resolved. But I'm telling you what, it's uh, it's tough to go out and shoot a a great time after after you have gun issues because you try to shoot in that subconscious zone and you can't really be thinking about anything else when you're when you're trying to lay down some good times and yeah that was definitely in the back of my head the, the rest of the match so we got it all contacted the manufacturer walked through a couple of simple items and and found out what it was you know it's probably the fifth thing on my list not the top three or four things that I checked but hey what are you going to do those things happen these are mechanical devices and yeah, no, we're we're ready to rock and roll now. Well, that's good, and you know, I think everyone should uh, should realize too that this wasn't the last gun you were shooting uh, for the match. It was it was I'm pretty sure dead square in the middle of the match, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. And so you had to, you had to stay composed, and and you still had other guns to shoot, and and that's something to you know, uh, I mean, you could have got all you know bent out of shape and and upset and. And all that would have done was impacted the the further shooting you had to do. I mean, you still were shooting. I'm guessing you were shooting two guns that session, so you still had a single gun to shoot that session as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jeff, the the aspect of the game that compounds it is, you know, there's so many great shooters out in the sport. And in USPSA magazine, they they shared some statistics. Maybe we need to get Zach Jones back on the podcast to walk through the of increase of activity and membership and and major matches over the last couple of years of what's happened to steel channels really exploding so the level of competition is far greater this year than it has been in the last you know last year or the year before and so you've got uh, grant kunkel that came over from arkansas man he's like hey steve is a good match I said, yeah great it's a great match why don't you come over Man, that kid threw down a 66, I don't know, 26, somewhere in there, and rimfire rifle open. I was like, holy yeah. cow. So, you know, you had that staring down the barrel of the gun, no pun intended, and then you had Chris Barrett, which is just a beast, and there's some other fantastic shooters out there still left to shoot. And, you know, to have a gun issue happen, oh, man, I'm telling you what, it was – at first I got a little bit of fr- – a little bit frustrated, a little bit frazzled. And then, you know, I said, Hey, I'm going to start the, the afternoon and rimfire rifle open and I'm going to swing for the fence. So I, I wrote a brief blog post about, about all that shooting uh, 525 on smoke and hope. And, you know, I just threw all caution to the wind and I just opened it right up, swung the gun as fast as I could. And I'd been practicing smoke and hope because, you know, some of these other folks I see out there are shooting it or, right at the six or sub six and I'm just trying to think man how am I going to do that without throwing out a hip Jeff so uh you know kind of threw (laughs) threw caution to the wind and connected on uh three smoking ones and one that's really really good and so uh yeah you know and then then I went into oh man this is this is really good now I need to let's shoot a little bit more conservatively (laughs) than that so yeah it was uh the Georgia match was an interesting one to kick off the season, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, you know, um, I mean, I, I read all your blog posts, but, you know, uh, since we have this form here, why don't you, uh, why don't you throw a little uh, uh, self-promotion there and, and let everybody know where they can find your blog post. Yeah, if you go out to uh, stevefostershooting.com, I list all my sponsors out there. And so there's various discount codes out there. I list all my sponsors out there. And then I've got uh, a section that's uh, called blog or blog post. And so if you go out there, I try to share them out on my uh, 
competitor page out on Facebook. But if you sign up for notifications, anytime I publish a blog post, I try to do it at least once a month. Sometimes there's uh, two to three a month, depending on what's going on. And the last one that that I posted was about shooting, smoking, just kind of what was going through my mind in, in the scenario and the situation. And boy, it was, it was probably Jeff, the best that I've ever shot. And I think I shot a 65, 69, which is by far the fastest time that I've shot. You know, I've, I've shot some 67s and 68s and I've shot quite a few under 70, but a 65, 69, you know, I, I try not to, I really try not to keep track of my time, so to speak. You know, I like to hear my times, but I don't, you know, keep track of them. But I knew that running into uh, outer limits and then roundabout were my last two stages. And, you know, it's an eighth stage match. I had six, pre, you know, I had one blaze and one. And I, I shot a low six on, on showdown. So I knew that something special was going on. So when I got to outer limits, I'm like, man, don't trip over the box. <laughs> So I I, well, I tried to I tried to shoot conservative and and I shot conservative on on roundabout and it it turned out pretty good for me so it it was cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that time and you know again just pointing out to everybody, Steve shot the best he ever shot with his rimfire rifle open after having a gun go down and he didn't let that impact him. So you know take that to heart, everybody. Uh, that, you know, these are the kind of things you got to do at a match. You can get yourself all, you know, jacked up, but all you're going to do is get all jacked up. You're not going to help your shooting at all. So congratulations on that, Steve. So last weekend. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, yep. Last weekend, South Carolina Steel Target Paint Championships, or however you want to say it. It's, all those words are in there in some different order. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. Exactly. But uh, another great match, um, shooting the speed stages. Um, we did not shoot outer limits and did not shoot round, uh, excuse me, did not shoot outer limits or speed option, which, you know, um, I like this format. I really do. I mean, speed option and outer limits are somewhat of uh, more difficult stages, but you want to keep a match on time, uh, run just these six stages because we finished on time every day. Um, and it was, I had a lot of fun shooting those uh, those stages and shooting that match. How about you? You know, I really like the stick, stick stage format for exactly what you talked about. And, you know, I think the other part outside of the sheer number of stages, you know, whether it's six or, or eight, the, dropping the two stages like speed option and outer limits and painting those back targets, you know, I, I think that really helps speed up uh, speed up the game as well, which is which is pretty cool. And, you know, for some of us, speed option and, that's actually one of my favorite stages right now. And then also uh, outer limits. I think that can differentiate, you know, some of the, the top shooters out there and that can either make or break some folks. I, you know, I really don't mind shooting them, but the six stage format, I really, really, really like, and maybe we do some sort of rotation at some of these major matches. I think at the world speed shoot and U S steel, the U S steel shoot, you know, you're always going to have to really shoot. I think you need to have eight. I think you do need yeah. to have eight at those majors. But, you know, um, uh, my shameless plug uh, coming up right now, you know, at the Wyoming Antelope Club for the West Florida Steel Challenge Championships, we shoot the six-speed stages. And um, for those that uh, uh, haven't been on Facebook, um, that match is again going to happen in 2019. Um, and it's going to be the same six stages. It's going to be the same 
low price of $45 a gun. Um, it will be the third weekend in July. Um, we're going to have two, two sessions on Saturday and one session on Sunday. So everybody can come shoot three sessions and uh, still get out of Dodge uh, at a relatively good time and, and hopefully make it home on Sunday. And, uh, I'm hoping to see a lot of people there. I've, I've, I've had a number of people uh, that weren't able to make it last year contact me saying, you know, when does registration open? And, and uh, the answer to that is going to be right after the World Speed Shoot. So um, it will be on matchsignup.com. And uh, I hope to see a, a, a lot of our listeners there. It's a, it's a fun match. As you well know, it is a very different place to shoot. Oh, it um, certainly is. And hopefully it won't rain as much as what it did last time. Well, you know, my, uh, our good friend Vince Taparowski sent me a message. And, 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 he, and he says, you ought to bill it as, the weather's going to be better than last year. Uh, but um, I can't guarantee that because it is Florida, so you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's a, that's a fun fun place. And you know what? I've traveled around the country shooting matches, and I would say, and I, maybe we talked about this on a previous guest, but I think the level of professionalism and the quality of the ROs and how well that match runs is top-notch, one of the best best that I've ever shot. So. Hats off to the, well, the group of folks that you have there, for sure. We, we, we have, we have a, a tremendous Red Hat crew. Um, those are our range ROs, our discipline uh, ROs, and um, they support our, our, all of our Level 2 matches. We run two USPSA Level 2 matches and now our, our Level 2 Steel. And, um, you know, a shout-out to our, our two discipline leaders, uh, Dan Bernard and Mark, Mark Walker. Um, uh, their leadership you know, helps us uh, stay the course on, uh, on providing just that, you know, and, and we've talked about this a lot, um, uh, you and I together and, and on the podcast and off the podcast, but, you know, there are certain things that a lot of shooters are looking for in a match. Um, I believe it's start on time, have the stages set up properly, have good ROs, and have it at a fair price. Sure. And if you do, if you do those things, not much anything else really matters. It's nice to have a prize table. It's nice to have a raffle table. Um, I might add that having dedicated painters um, is, a, is a huge plus because we did have that. And, and everybody preach, brother, that, preach, that preach. <laughs> <laughs> giving, giving the shooters a chance to focus on, uh, on painting or not painting and just shooting is, uh, yeah. uh, I was a key aspect. And those kids really, they work their butts off and, uh, Oh yeah. And, they got a lot of good tips, uh, not just, you know, shoot fast, pull the trigger. Um, I'm talking about monetary tips, and, and that was good to see because uh, I think a lot of people really appreciated um, what they did for them. So. Yeah, as a shooter, I don't mind spending an extra 10 or 20 bucks a session to to give it to, a, you know, some folks that are helping out. Maybe it's a charity or something like that. I don't mind at all, and I think right. a lot of people in the shooting community feel the same way. Hey, Jeff, you mentioned something about ROs and professionalism. There was a post out there out on the Steel Target Paint uh, podcast page from Jeremy Dean. He's a local shooter here in, in Georgia. He's a fantastic, fantastic guy, and he is shooting lights out right now. He's He got himself a little open gun that he's uh, – done some gunsmithing work. I think that's what Jeremy's trade is and he's shooting extremely well, but he asked a question out there about 
if you're at a level one or level two or level three, doesn't matter in terms of a match, if an RO or the scorekeeper misses or doesn't call a missed, what do you do? It's a really good question. Um, I put an answer uh, personally up there uh, on the page. Um, let's just step back one second here. And he prefaced the whole, the whole post with, where are the podcasts? <laughs> so, Jeremy, there you are, Jeremy. this podcast is being recorded uh, the day after you posted that uh, because Steve and I went, oh, my God, Jeremy needs a podcast, so we, we better get one out to him. So this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, hey, I tucked uh, the kids in early just for this, Jeff. All right, good, good. Well, listen, um, so, so getting to the question, you know, being an RO, and I do it a lot, you know, um, I, I, uh, I helped out uh, Zach um, at the South, Clara South Carolina match. I'm going to be an RO at the U.S. Steel. I'm going to be an RO at the World Speed Shoot. Um, I do it because I like to give back. Um, and, and I take pride and take it seriously. Um, uh, we at the WAC learn uh, the exact range commands. And we use the exact range commands. And if you don't use the exact range commands, you're probably not going to be a red hat. Um, and, and a lot of that stems from um, the fact that those are the commands. Those are the commands that people expect. But there's a reason why those commands need to be used exactly. Um, and that is if you ever go to an international match, the same commands are used. And they're used in English. And many shooters don't understand English. But they understand those words. Right. So, um, you know, I'm going to use a range command that makes what little hair on the back of my neck stand up. When I hear shooter make ready, that's not a range command for USPSA or steel challenge. Um, the command is make ready. Um, that being said, most of us wince, but we try to let it go. Other commands like, you know, gas them up. Uh, our, our buddy Bruce Braxton had some rack them, slack them, snack them, and pack them or something like that. Those aren't range <laughs> commands. And, and, and sure. Bruce was, Bruce was the, the range master at Georgia, and, and we were joking about it and, and, and saying that. And, and so that being said, sometimes being an RO can be a thankless job. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, there's 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 a lot of things that you have to do. It's a little easier in steel than it is in in USPSA. Um, sometimes you get a dead plate and you don't hear a hit. It happened to me at least twice at South Carolina, where I said and one, and the backup RO who was running the pad said no. I saw the hit. I said great. That's what it. That's that's what needs to happen, you know. But those calls, I personally believe those calls need to come from just the range officer staff and not the competitors. Um, now that's, that's my opinion. What do you think? Oh no, it's, it's, you know, we take this stuff very seriously at a, at a local match and a level one match. It's a lot more fun and jovial. And I, I still think that there's a lot of fun and being uh, jovial at a level two and a level three because I, you know, I personally shoot my best when I'm relaxed and having a good time. But when it, when it comes to misses or, Hey buddy, did you get all five shots and those types of things that to me is completely up to the RO and even the competitor. So as an example, let's talk about the Georgia match shooting smoke and hope. 
the very first string of fire that I shot, I don't know, it was like a one, two, four or something like that. And, you know, I like to hear my times. I actually stopped, asked the RO, I said, could you please check the, the, the shot timer to make sure that there was five shots recorded? He, he looked at me and kind of puzzled one eyebrow up. He's like, man, that was fast. I said, no, I understand that it was fast, but could you just please verify that we got all five shots? And sure enough, he went through all five, and I said, all right, let's rock and roll. Because I think us as shooters, we try to police our, ourselves because nobody wants to win, you know, whether it's a level one match or a state championship or anything else like that by not earning, um, not earning your time or not earning your penalties, so, so to speak. And so, and I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not some shooters out here. You know, if you do this for any period of time, you've seen shooters that will contest shots over and over again, which, you know, helps slow down the game. But, you know, there's, there's shooters from time to time. And some people may know who some of those folks are that will, uh, you know, just assume that they hit all five and, and maybe it's a fall to mind, Jeff, whenever I shoot and I miss one, I said, man, I <laughs> see that. I shot right over the top of number four. <laughs> you know, it's uh you see that it, hole in the stick? Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woody Woodpecker, that's me. Do I have to pay you to replace that? You know, but I, I think, I think that you got to leave it up to the ROs because I have seen, unfortunately, I've seen a situation or two where somebody was shooting and somebody called a miss and neither RO saw it. Now you've got somebody at the firing line that's got a loaded loaded gun that's starting, you know, that's potentially could get into an altercation with somebody sitting in the cheap seats. I mean, a competitor. Yep. That's you know that 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 does nothing for the sport. So if you're uh, if you're a competitor and you know somebody doesn't call a, a miss or a hit or you know what have you. You know, if you want to have that conversation with the range master or you want to talk to the RO in between stages one-on-one or after the match one-on-one, you know, if that makes you feel better and sleep at night, up to you. But, you know, this game, it's kind of like watching the NFL. Is it ever going to be perfect? No. We don't have video camera, instant replay, and all right. that kind of stuff. Yep. But but I think based on the people in the sport and the integrity of the people shooting, you know, at the end of the day, Jeff, you know, if if my $10 trophy – says first on it or third on it, I'm really not going to leave sleep overnight. You know what I mean? And so I think that's the attitude people need to uh, to take as a competitor. It's it's all about having a good time, and we're not shooting for 10000 uh, you know, for a placement or something like that. And, you know, it's uh, – oh, l- let me tell you a story. So at the Georgia match – so at the Georgia match, this is the type of shooters that we have in our, in our community. Brian with Hunter's HD Gold was uh, – signing up shooters and uh, for a raffle for some glasses. And so after he gave away a pair of glasses, I think Elsie Baker won them. They were actually Syracuse colors from my hometown. But anyway, so he inadvertently set his iPad above the um, refrigerator in the clubhouse. And he, he, (laughs) he called me, this is a G rated show. So I can't tell you exactly what he said. Sorry about that, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we said dude i think i lost my 1100 dollars ipad and i said well where did you have it and then we walked through he said dude it's on top of the refrigerator i said at the clubhouse and this is probably i don't know jeff it had been a week or two weeks later and uh so i called glenn and he said hey hang on i got a guy down there and blah 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 and you know what jeff that 1100 dollars ipad is exactly exactly where brian left it so that's the type of people we have in our sport Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, I, I, uh, 
I've never done it only because I'm completely crazy of, of ever having it happen. But I've, I've known a person or two to have left a gun at a match. Most times it's because it's out of the norm. Like something happens and they have to go and, and they have to go quick and, you know, maybe a family emergency or something like that. And, and they're just packing all their stuff up and, you know, their gun might've been in a, in a, in a gun rag and not, you know, in a, in, in, in their main bag. Um, and, and I, I can think of two occasions where something like that has happened. And in both cases, everyone on those stages were, was not saying, Oh, look, let's raffle off this gun. Everyone was like, we need to find out whose gun this is and get it back to the owner because you put yourself in that situation and that's what you'd want someone to do for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. That was, that's, that, that's good. And, and again, it is, it, I think it's not, I think it's, you know what, cause there was probably a lot of other people in and out of that. Um, probably didn't see it maybe they did the the good news is is that he got it back um and uh and, and we'll write it up to um there's just great people in the world that wouldn't steal it so that's that's good right news. right yep so but yeah i i also agree uh with you uh i said it you said it you know um let the ro's do their job um you know um i, I will admit and 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 i apologize to them i i got snippy uh, at, uh, at the Georgia match, uh, to a couple of the ROs at the very end, because I just couldn't take for the third day listening to shooter make ready and ranges safe and going hot and, and all the commands that aren't part of our game. And I understand they were volunteers. And, and as soon as I opened my mouth, I, I knew I was putting my foot in it <laughs> and I immediately apologized to them afterwards. Um, but they are our commands, and 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 you know I always I, a lot of them stem from the old IDPA or even they may be still the IDPA commands. But you wouldn't just use our commands in IDPA. So for everybody out there that's that's an RO thinking about being an RO or been an RO, you know those commands are in the rule book. Um, there's only about six or seven of them, um, and uh, and I think shooters appreciate just hearing the same thing every time. Um, yeah, at least I yeah, do. Yeah, you know, you know what, Jeff, you have a lot more training and a lot more experience when it comes to being an RO, and you know, I, I'm, I'm envious about that about you because uh, you've put forth that time and effort to, to do that and really give back in that sort of way. So my hat goes off to you. You know, for me, when if somebody says make ready, that doesn't really bother me as much as a shooter, but when it comes to the you know, are you ready? Stand by. You know, th there's a couple of those, you know, if we miss a standby in there or, you know, that <laughs> not. <laughs> or the, or the, how about the ever popular, are you ready? Stand by beep. <laughs> oh, it, it, that, that, that's exactly what I was just going to say. What is the rule? Is it one to, th is it one to three one seconds to or one seconds. to four seconds? It's yeah, one, one to four one seconds. To seconds. Um, it, and interestingly enough, um, what they recommend for steel is for each shooter for their five strings that they're going to shoot that you're going to run them to have the same cadence okay yeah. so um and, and and because this game is not about 
they're not worried about whether or not the shooter is trying to time the, the cadence. Um, it's about allowing the shooters to shoot fast. So right. um, where in USPSA, for each shooter, they will tell you to vary your cadence slightly. Um, in steel, you can vary your cadence between the shooters, but when you get to that shooter, keep the same cadence. Um, and I tend, I tend to have a very, you know, standard – standard cadence and um uh I've, I've learned over time uh that you know it, it's right in that sweet spot because there's a there's some great ROs out there but when it's are you ready stand by and you want to you know you're you're waiting and you want to turn around and go just hit the buzzer <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, that, that's probably one of my, one of my pet peeves is, is, is those commands, you know, and it's somewhat consistent, but probably, you know, again, for those that know me, I'm probably one of the most laid back competitors you'll ever meet. The only time that, and it wasn't a heated discussion, but you know, it uh, it was probably two years ago. We had somebody that. I I think I was there. Was I there? Keep going. going. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure if you were at the. Maybe you were. It was actually at a Rimfire Challenge match where. Okay. You know, are you ready? Stand by. Beep. I went. Oh. I, I actually, I actually lowered the gun, and you know, after four seconds in my head, which you know really feels like a long period of time, I stopped and he was getting ready to hit the button. I said, you know, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I said, so, uh, you know, I got to push the button on the side of that timer and it makes a beep. He's, oh, no, I, I know how it works. Said, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I was actually speechless because, I, you know, I, I knew the RO. And uh, I said, so, uh, you know, just so I understand, because I shoot a lot of steel challenge and shoot a little bit of rimfire challenge. I said, uh, what's the cadence supposed to be? Oh, one, one to four seconds. I said, okay. Um, well, we went past four. Is is the battery good? He said, "Oh no, we're we're good." <laughs> and so, you know, and I wasn't trying to be a smart guy or anything, but I was trying to understand what was going on because I thought there was an issue. Or, you know, sometimes as a shooter, you know, thing you hear stuff behind you, especially if you have electronic yep. hearing protection, and so you you know you don't know if there's an unsafe condition behind you or something like that. And uh, he said, "Oh no, I I I I hit it right at four seconds." I said. Oh, okay. But it it was just kind of like, you know, taking the fun out of the sport a little bit to, you know, and, and I've heard at other Rimfire Challenge matches where they'll put the timer on random and it's kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, because I think even then you can get yeah, a short I don't, beat, beat there as well. I don't, so, I, uh, yeah. Putting it on random, I, I don't personally think is a good idea. Um, and, and that's just a personal preference. I'm not saying sure. that, that people don't do it, but um, I like I like that immediate beep when when I when I press the button as as an RO. Um, no, right. I thought you were going to mention the um, the and this is another thing that we'll talk. You know, as we're talking about ROs here, and and it's it's uh, it's uh, when they miss a shot. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you just threw down a blazing run, and they go, "I'm sorry, I only have four hits." And oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, four four captured shots on the timer. Four captured shots, yes. And yeah. so oh, yeah. um what I'll do and, and again this is for all the people that are that are running shooters or, or thinking about running shooters, if that ever happens to me, and it does, it happens. Sometimes you get quiet guns, sometimes you're not quite paying attention how you're holding the timer, where you're holding the timer, is I will then look at my the the, the, the backup RO or the second RO or the person running the pad. And I will say, I need you to guarantee you're looking at hits and misses. Right. And then what I'll do is, is I'll keep my eye. I'm still listening for hits and misses, but I'm no longer doing a visual verification of that. And I'm watching the timer. So if I get four hits, but I know the timer flipped on the fifth shot, I know I've still got a correct time. Right, right, right. And, it, and, it, and that's. It's just it's just Jeff. another thing that you have to deal with as a as a shooter and, and, and as an RO and nobody likes to hear it, nobody likes to see it, but when it happens, you just have to apologize to the shooter and go, I'm sorry, I only got four shots and right. they have to just take take that string over again. Yeah. And sometimes it, they get it, lucky because I've had it I've had it happen with a very quiet gun where the person's actually taken six shots. We know they've taken six shots and there's only four on the timer. Yeah, and, and Jeff, that's why I put because before I didn't have a compensator on my rimfire rifle iron gun, so that's why I yep. got a Tandem Cross Game Changer Pro Comp. Get your yep. Game Changer Pro Comp at tandemcross.com. But that's why I put the, <laughs> that's why I put the <laughs> uh, plug. I know, right? Hey, Brian, Jake, what's going on, fellas? Uh, but that's why that's that's, <laughs> that's why I put. A comp on there and since i've done that i haven't had an issue but mmp 1522s are notorious for being quiet yeah. guns so yep yep yeah, i actually we've got a got a guy at the range that shoots an old ruger bull barrel uh rimfire rifle and uh yeah. has no comp and uh, and every time he comes up you know it's just it's just habit for me now to look at the r and go you're on hits and misses i'm watching the timer Right, right. So, right. you know, so we get his times. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I would recommend everybody uh, out there um, to, um, if you get an opportunity to take the, the NROI, the National Range Officer Institute course, um, and become a certified RO um, and take the Steel Challenge um, certification, um, there are some little intricacies uh, that uh, are good to know uh, as a shooter. Um, you know, uh, you know, the perfect example would be if, uh, if you get a miss called, um, you have the right and, sh and if you believe you have a hit, you have the right to go to ask and say, I want to go look right now. Um, and if the, if the RO says, we'll go look later, you go, no, the rules are, we're going to go look right now because you know you can't you can't verify three hits on the fourth string if there's four hits because you double shot a state you know a right plate. right yep, yep. And, and and a lot of people know that but again um and it's a good way like i said it's a good way to give back to the sport especially even if you're at a level one match you know and the guys that are normally our own are the only you know there's only one guy on the stage and it's his turn to shoot being able to pick up that timer use the right commands um same thing with the you know practice score i think i think everybody is using practice score whether it's on 
an iPad or, a, or an Android device. Um, learn how to do some of the basics uh, for that. Pick up that pad, help out. Um, it keeps the match moving along. And, um, you know, we all like to shoot. Nobody wants to be at the range for six hours if you only got to be there for four because everybody's pitching in and getting stuff done. Absolutely. Okay, well, I lost my soapbox about being a range officer. <laughs> <laughs> really, I didn't notice you all the way up there, Jeff. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was good talk. It was good talking tonight. Looks like we're just Same about here. out of yep. time. Time tonight, but uh, great, great discussion. Great question, Jeremy. Thanks for reaching out to us. And if anybody else has any questions they'd like to have answered, or at least our opinion on, please go out and post them out on our Facebook group page, Steel Target Paint podcast and we'll uh make sure we'll get them answered for you absolutely well steve uh i think i'm going to see you at uh next at u.s steel right yes sir did i tell you jeff that that is 15 minutes from my house i love that range it used to be my home range awesome awesome yeah i am looking forward to it this is going to be my third year going and um i am i'm looking to have a, a good time um there's a lot of people that show up. Uh, we, we get, we get all our, our good, all, some friends from the West coast. Trenton comes out with his dad and uh, we'll usually see some people that uh, you wouldn't normally see at some of the other matches that are showing up for those. So uh, if you see me there at the match, uh, you know, grab me, shake my hand. I'd love to say hi to everybody. And, uh, and if you are shooting, I hope you have a great match and, uh, and, uh, and shoot all, all your peak times. All right. Sounds Sounds great, Jeff. Have a good night, and we'll see you out on the range soon. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks again. Bye.